Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. And uh, today's episode of Jackson Talks, everybody, is the first time we've ever had two guests on. So it's probably going to be weird and confusing. But, uh, and this episode will mostly be about uh, Texas independent professional wrestling. So if that interests you, keep listening. If it doesn't, just, I guess, don't listen anymore. But you could, because it's, it's going to be a pretty cool, interesting little conversation about indie wrestling in Texas specifically. And uh, that's when I brought in two experts of the scene. Uh, we got Keeper, uh, Keeper Bartek and Dylan Dunbar, and they both run um, two of the best shows, uh, two of the best indie shows, not only in Texas, but probably probably in the United States, but we'll get into that too. So welcome to the show, fellas. Hey, man. Thanks for having us, man. I know, uh, speaking for myself here, man, I'm stoked to be able to uh, jump on here and talk about Texas wrestling. You know, it's near and dear to me, and I know it means a lot to Kiefer, so I know we both... Uh, could talk for hours on end about Texas wrestling, man. So we'll do our best to contain ourselves and not, uh, you know, kill too many people uh, with uh, our boringness here. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you having me on, Jackson, man. It's uh, like Dunbar said, man, we could talk Texas wrestling for hours, but uh, yeah, man, we're going to rock and roll today. Let's go. Okay. Before we, before we really dive deep into uh, that subject, I'm going to ask you guys one question. Um, it can be a heavy question. Uh, I think it should be. Um, but we normally answer this question with like, fine, okay, good, you know. So I'm inviting you to um, answer this question honestly and openly um, and, uh, and see where we go from there. So uh, we'll start with you, Dunbar, and then we'll go to you, Kiefer. Um, but how are you doing, like for real? Uh, in all honesty, man, it's been uh, – February has been a really, really rough month for me personally. Uh, I've gone through a lot of uh, personal things. Uh, I, I mean, it's not something that I've really addressed openly, but – uh, the biggest battle for me, man, personally, like just trying to stay positive. I've had a lot of negative things happen. Like uh, recently, it's like the first time I've actually talked about it. So uh, good tipping point here, Jackson. It's just like uh, it's my um, actually found out maybe start of February that uh, my wife was pregnant and we were expecting. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, uh, she had a miscarriage. Mm. So a lot of uh, up and downs for us here, man, um, for me, mentally, uh, emotionally. So, you know, when you're asking someone uh, with something like that in the back pocket, like how I'm feeling, uh, there's a lot, man. A uh, couple of that with basically like, you know, having to cancel like heavy metal's biggest show that we uh, anticipated just financially, that takes a drain on you, kind of takes the wind out of your sails. And, uh, you know, uh, plus uh, <clears throat> in our venue that we actually have, uh, we had uh, some water pipes break due to the freeze. Uh, so it's just, uh, you know, February's been rough, man, one thing after another. But uh, one of the things that I'm really on, man, is perseverance, pushing, pushing uh, through a lot of, uh, you know, uh, wading through bullshit, you know. Um, so that's that's kind of how I'm doing. I'm just trying to push through, persevere, and uh, fight these uh, battles one at a time, I guess you could say. That's a lot. That's a, that's a heavy month. I know, man. It's a lot to happen in one month for me. Um, yeah. So there's also been uh, a few days where I just kind of had to remove myself from everything and just kind of like, all right, uh, I got to handle this and kind of emotionally process it uh, because it is one of those things that like, you know, I, so many things happen, uh, so many things happen in such a quick amount of time that it's tough for you, me to even stop and kind of process like, damn, what just happened, you know? Um, so there's also been a lot of that for me. Uh, but yeah, man, you asked a loaded question. How am I doing? And uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's how I'm doing right now. Uh, but hey, man, I've, I've got luckily uh, a group of people around me that are uh, just the best support group I could possibly ask for with the heavy metal crew, man. And, uh, it's just one of those things that like, you know, I've never really felt, I guess, 
any type of negative feeling, I guess, throughout this entire thing. Um, obviously, it's an emotional process with everything taken into account. But uh, the heavy metal crew is just always there for me, man, for me and my wife. And it's just, uh, it's, uh, I'm thankful for wrestling. I'm thankful for Texas wrestling because of it. Well, I send uh, my love to you and your wife. And, uh, you know, if you guys are still trying to have a family, I hope that happens for you, for sure. Yeah, man, I think it's something that's on the table. You know, it's just kind of like you you get a tiny glimpse of what could be uh, and then have it taken away from you. And it's just kind of like, oh, shit, man. Now now I know what I really want. Uh, so it's it's uh, kind of a, I guess, a blessing uh, in disguise, you know, silver lining and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, man, it's uh, I, I appreciate that. It's It's been rough, man. And luckily, you know, like I said, having heavy metal, having Texas indie wrestling, it's a nice escape for me, bro. It's it's awesome. I love it. Um, it's 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 phenomenal. Like I just kind of putting it into perspective, man. We have a student at Heavy Metal who like is just now kind of getting his feet wet into the scene. He's like ten matches in. And I actually found out that my wife was uh, miscarrying while I was on the road with him. We went to Lubbock um, for a show, and it's kind of like every wrestler's worst nightmare, you know. Like you're you're away from home, you can't get back. There's some emergency, you can't be there. Um, all you can do is just send text messages and be on the phone and whatnot. But um, it was kind of, I guess, strange to kind of feel that moment when, you know, uh, when I was at this this show with this this green kid watching him and helping him put together this match and whatnot, being able to, uh, I guess, turn off everything that was happening outside of the venue um, for just like 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes or however long it was. Um, it was kind of cool, I guess you could say, to see like how much wrestling means to me in action. Um, then it, it was, yeah, I'm, I, I don't really know how else to explain it, but um, it was wrestling is good, uh, I guess, as a coping mechanism for me. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's certainly strange, man. I'm thankful for it, though. Well, yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, Kiefer, same question to you. How are you doing, like, for real? Uh, actually, you know, as of late, I feel, uh, you know, I feel like I'm probably in one of the best places I've been in a long time. I know in late 2020, I was kind of, it felt like things were kind of spinning out of control for me, if that makes sense. And so I kind of had to take a step back and make a game plan for myself and try to figure out, you know, how I can get things back on track to what where I needed to be. And so I feel like now I'm starting to really feel that, you know, things are the game plan that I set for myself. Um, the people, you know, like, I'm trying to be a lot more positive, especially with the business and things like that. Cause a lot of times you can get stuck in a negative mindset or, um, you know, people kind of see, you know, not in my personal life too, you know, people see things you do or, or things or whatever that in a negative light or constantly give you that, you know, negativity. And so a lot of what I've tried to do is take, be more of a positive approach to almost everything in my life. And I think now I can really start, like I said, it's probably the best place I've been in my life in the wrestling business from day one when I started, you know, uh, so I, I'm doing okay. Um, and, uh, things feel like they're moving in the right direction. So, uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate that. That question. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going good for me right now. Good. I'm happy to hear that. <clears throat> let's touch on, um, let's touch on what, what Dylan said, uh, just a second ago about wrestling kind of being, uh, you know, we, we tend to forget that wrestling has basically saved a lot of lives. Like for me specifically, I, I'll tell you a quick story. Like my sister passed away in September of 2018. Um, and I got booked for Beyond like a, a month before that. And I was going to wrestle Yuda and we were living together. 
And so I, I went back home to Dallas all of September. And I was like, there was, I was like, had no motivation to do anything. And I was in the dumps, obviously. And like, but this one beyond booking that I had been trying to get for two years was scheduled at the same month at the end of the month, like way before, you know, the tragic event happened. And it basically, it pulled me out. Right. And I had this match with Yuta, who's like my best friend in the whole wide world. And it's like, those, those, those moments are not like coincidence, right? They're magical. And for some reason, wrestling always, sports in general, right? But the words talking wrestling here always seem to supply those like romantic, life-saving, like altering moments that just like happen. And sometimes they pass us by. And then when we look back, we're like, oh shit, that was the, that was the fucking moment. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I guess I was kind of lucky enough to be in that moment and realize like, holy shit, it's happening to me right now. I can feel it. I understand what's happening. Like, you know, and I'm able to kind of just be completely, I guess, not in a bad way, but disassociated with everything that could be happening and just kind of live in this, you know, fantasy world that we create for ourselves. Um, and, you know, when I'm in that world, man, nothing can touch me. Um, and that's what I think is, you know, I we realized that, like you said, with hindsight and, you know, for me to be able to be in that moment, it was awesome for me, I guess you could say. It was a silver lining in this really dark cloud for both me and my wife because I could actually kind of see it in action where it was like, okay, shit, that's how much wrestling means to me. That even during like this really like really kind of shitty and tragic event for both of us, I was still able to use this as like a weird way to kind of power through it and remain relatively a positive person and be very strong for my wife during this time for because it's like, you know, she doesn't have that, man. Wrestling doesn't mean that much to her. It's not something that she was really interested in. So um, it's, it's just kind of, she's got, you know, it doesn't necessarily have that mechanism to deal with, you know, the way, the way I would uh, with, with wrestling. I think, uh, <clears throat> I think it's interesting. I had a couple of people last night uh, that was at the show. One of them went to a funeral earlier in the day. Another one got a call that his friend committed suicide earlier in that day too. And they both reached out to me and, and thanked me for, just putting on a show. And for me, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking about, you know, making sure the boys are okay, making sure the fans are okay when they're at the show. But uh, sometimes I think when you get wrapped up in this whole world, you forget about how uh, how much of an escape it can be for people, even for an hour, 15 minutes, and, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think at different stages of my life, it's always kind of been that for me, um, that it's, you know, when I was younger, it was escape from the reality of my life growing up, you know, in poverty, growing up in a poor neighborhood, whatever the case may be. Get older in your early 20s, you know, I was very depressed of, oh, what is this life all about sort of thing. But wrestling is always there to bring me up when I had those down moments. Uh, when I started getting into wrestling, I realized that, you know, people really enjoyed it. So, like, if I get to go to, you know, Dunbar books me against Ruben Still, and Ruben Still beats the sheriff's ass from one side of the venue to the other side of the venue, and it, and it helps people forget about their lives for for however long that matches or the show or whatever the case may be, then like, it's really cool to be able to do something like that and to be able to create something that uh, can be an escape, like any other thing in life that, that people use as an escape. So. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like wrestlers um, with such like, cause we all have like big aspirations to want to be main event WrestleMania or whatever the case may be. It's kind of different now, which is really cool. And like things are changing, which is really cool. Um, but do you think wrestlers or promoters or bookers or anyone just in the business loses sight of how, like, just no matter what you're doing in wrestling, how cool that is? Like, it's a dream come true, no matter where you're at, really. Do you think we lose sight of that? Like, when we kind of, it becomes more of a job than it is, like, I'm putting on pretend undies with my pretend name on my butt 
And this is fucking really cool. This is super cool. My name's not Jackson Stone, but I just came up with this shit. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's 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 honest, man. Uh, I think Kiefer and I, especially uh, because we were doing it so often with these shows where we were running them weekly, and you know, Kiefer was a big part of what we were doing with like Heavy Metal Thunder, and then like the weekly shows where it's just like you know, shit, man. I think like last year, uh, I mean, in 2019, I should say, uh, in 2019, I think uh, <laughs> we were hitting, hitting the uh, ground running. I think we had run. The, the calendar year like over 130 shows uh which was just kind of wild because we had just run so many events you know like and, and it's easy to lose sight of it when you run so many of them and it's around you so much it's just kind of it's when, when you're in the thick of things and i guess kind of in that hurricane of everything going on of show after show after show card after card how do i book this how do i book that this match and that match this venue this city it's easy to lose sight of it like shit man i dreamed about doing this when i was like four years old, five years old. And like now I'm doing it maybe on a smaller scale, but shit, man, I'm still doing it. You know, um, I don't think, uh, I, I think once you do it so often and so much, you lose sight of that. And it's, it's awesome to be able to, I know obviously bro, like the pandemic is this awful thing that's happened to everything um, across the entire globe. But I mean, you know, to me, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise. It's allowed me to kind of step back again and just kind of sh like not take wrestling for granted, you know? Um, shit, man, I was running, you know, a show every other day, every three days, every four days, uh, before the pandemic hit. And now, you know, we're not doing anywhere nearly that. Uh, and now I, I take it for granted and I, I'm just thankful to be around it, you know, and it's, it's like you said, man, it's easy to lose sight of that's the, this is the shit we dreamed of doing when we were small children, you know, all, all of us. Yeah, it, it's easy to lose sight. I think when you when you have people who care so much about their craft, they care so much about what they're putting into their product, what they're putting into themselves as a wrestler, and that passion it, it can burn that you know they burn the candle on both ends and and really burn you out from promoting from wrestling. I mean, I'm sure you've probably had your moments as well, Jackson, just as a wrestler, because mm -hmm. you care so much and like you get caught up in whatever is going the problems that are going on at that particular moment. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard sometimes to take a step back and be like, yeah, seven-year-old Kiefer would, be, would love to be in the situation that I'm in today. Um, but I think when you're in the thick of things and you're constantly, you care so much about everything that you do, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to, to take a step back and, and be like, okay, like I'm doing good. You know, things aren't where I want them to be, but things are going, you know, are in a good direction and, and, they're, and I'm putting hard work into what I'm doing. I think yeah. it's part of that too much. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can still feel like really, really good about where we're at in life without being complacent. Like I can still want more. Like I can always want more, but I should always be able to smell the roses of like what I've built so far. I think that's an important kind of uh, distinction. Um, but let's, let's go into like your specific promotions each. Um, so Dunbar, you run heavy metal. When did you start that and why? Uh. <laughs> I tell this story often, man. We started in 2017, and I'm lying if I say we started it for any other reason than out of spite. Um, that was it was born out of like uh, the "I'm gonna fucking show all of you" kind of mentality. Um, it was just honestly a, a lot of my friends, a lot of guys in the area, just weren't getting the opportunities that I thought that they had deserved. You know, um, they were you know, fighting losing battles at some other places, um, and it was just like, hey, man, this. These guys are the cream of the crop. They're the next guys up in our scene. No one's really given them opportunities. At that point, I was kind of winding down in the ring. I kind of was aware, like, that I sucked in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't want to do it anymore, you know. 
uh, and I was like, this shit, I, I'm, I'm, when we started putting together shows and I was leaving myself off the card because I was like, oh shit, uh, that's not going to be a good match, you know, then I was like, okay, I'm not going to wrestle anymore. So, um, I mean, that was the, it, it, honestly, man, heavy metal was started kind of out of spite, but it became something different. It became, uh, you know, a, a, a platform for guys just to be able to, you know, come in with chips on their shoulders and prove that, you know, that they can hang with the best that the state has to offer and then eventually become the best that the state has to offer. That's what heavy metal's always been, man. Yeah, were you, in 2017, were you kind of upset with how the scene was being run? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, what's that? Yeah. Like, it, honestly, it was just to me, it was a lot of like, uh, I'd see the same old guys every other show, man. Every other city was the same car, the same guys that have been wrestling in Texas for 10, 15, 20 years and never really gotten out. It was the same old, same old, man. You can go to go from San Antonio to Dallas, to Houston, to Austin. It's the same cards. It's the same people. Um, it's just a different logo, a different graphic or whatever. It's the same, it's the same shit, man. Um, and then when you see guys that are working really hard that are, you know, uh, that live, breathe and like sleep wrestling, you know, it's everything to them. Um, like, you know, I'm, I'm a roommate with fucking great Scott uh, at the time. And I see him like, you know, Go, me and him together going through three a days like at the Funaki Dojo and Scotty's like a personal trainer at a gym and like it's all he does is he wants to wrestle and he can't get on any shows because it's just kind of like oh well you know uh, we have a spot for you but you can come in and like you know do like three minutes against you know some old guy and it's just like shit man like what is that hell who's that hell so it starts with like one of those things like man like I start seeing all my friends just not getting these opportunities and it's just like shit you know what man if no one's going to give it to them, I'm going to try my best to start some platform, whether it's large or small or however much it grows or however long it takes, just to try to get some type of notoriety for these guys, you know? Um, and honestly, it started with, you know, Scotty, Tempo, um, like guys like, you know, those are really the core guys. Ruben Steele, especially. Man, I'm sitting here watching Ruben Steele on IWTV on No Peace Underground right now. Um, and it's so good to me, man, because, like, he's a, a perfect example of these guys that were in this area that – they tried, everyone tried to bend these dudes to their will. They said, shit, you got to do it this way. You have to be, you have to be old school walk and talk Southern wrestling. They have to <laughs> fucking trade wrist locks and trade headlocks and shit like that. And Ruben is this fierce, like metalhead that like enjoys beating the shit out of people. And then also having the shit beat out of him and they want to change him. And you know, when these guys stay true to who they are, that's what I'm about. It's trying to stay true to who you are. You can be successful on a long enough timeline. Like, fuck man. It's just, it's it's that's what heavy metal was about you know it's just doing things your own way and fucking not having to bow to these old traditions and setting our own trends i love that i love that a lot there's a lot of weird wrestling paradigms that have just been like like passed on for like no reason and we just like accept them so it's cool to see like our generation of wrestlers like just being like no there's so much other things we can do to make things cool and attractive and uh, and better. And so that's like that whole atmosphere is like really what excites me about everything that's happening more so than like the actual wrestling. It's like the yeah, people yeah. who are just like the doing culture change, man. It's a culture yeah. change. You know? It's like, like yeah. Crazy. It's cool. It's all just like a big self discovery process. And it's like, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's really cool. But what about you, Kiefer? Same question. Uh, it actually, uh, <clears throat> myself, Terrell Tempo, Max Heights, we were actually in the heavy metal locker room. And uh, there's just there's just not a great scene in West Texas as far as wrestling is concerned. And so we mm -hmm. wanted to wrestle in front of our friends and family because, you know, asking them to travel to San Antonio, asking them to travel to Houston is, is quite a trip. 
um, just to come watch a wrestling show. So we, you know, we put together a wrestling show and, you know, heavy metal, you know, a big part in just helping us just get off the ground and like, uh, you know, here, we'll give you whatever you guys need to, to, to get going kind of thing. And, you know, we ran the first show in Colorado City. We had two shows lined up in Colorado City and Abilene. It was really the only two shows we were going to run. Uh, one was Max Hyde's hometown. One was mine in Abilene. And this show just came off really well. And a lot of the boys and a lot of the fans were like, when are we going to do this again kind of thing? And so I just, you know, we just kept the ball rolling with what we were doing in New Texas Pro Wrestling. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things kind of like piggybacking off of what Dylan said where, um, you know, Booker likes to talk a lot about this isn't about the old guys anymore. It's about the new what's who's the new people coming, you know, who's the fresh crop of guys coming up and how can we help them get over? Um, and don't make this about yourself, don't put yourself over kind of thing. He's preaching, he, he preached that from day one as far as their reality wrestling. And you know, a lot of the guys, maybe Dunbar use a lot of the same guys on our shows, um, because we believe in a lot of these guys that. You know, now they're kind of finally getting their like Rubens at ICW, uh, you know, Brian Keith. I know he's getting some bookings out at, uh, at GCW in, in Tampa weekend now as well. So it's just one of those things. Mysterious Q's a guy that I've, you know, I've felt this guy's had it for five or six years, you know what I'm saying? And now he's finally getting a little bit of buzz on, on the independence. And, uh, you know, some of the girls like Roxy and, and Rachel Rose and people like that, you know, just a lot of the younger people that, that I, you just see them grinding. You see the passion. You see what, what, how they want it, and it feels good. They kind of feel like we're kind of breaking through to more of a the national in, American independent scene mm-hmm. um, because of I know I'm I'm sure Dylan's probably put in a ton of money into his product as well. But you know, just putting in what we can to help these guys and 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 get them over the best we can. It's it's something that's we both want very like just more than anything, more than the success of our company is to get these guys to wherever they need to or want to get to. Yeah. And that's basically the reason why this indie scene in Texas now is completely different than when I even started, which was five years ago. You know, do you guys agree with that? Well, absolutely, man. I mean, I, I, it's a hundred percent different. It's the, the, I don't know when it happened or where it happened, but there's just been a hundred percent changing of the guard. Um, it's, you know, it's a different culture here in Texas now, you know, there's no more, uh, bullshit Memphis walk and talk style, man. It's, you gotta, you gotta show up and you gotta bring your A game every night. Um, I think that's, that's kind of the culture that we're bringing. Cause I mean, it's one of those things we got so many hungry guys here. So many guys that, you know, that, that are willing to, to work harder and bust their ass more and go the extra mile that I think, you know, it, it, the Texas scene is just bursting at the seams with talent right now. Um, it's, it's a far cry from where it was five, seven years ago when it was, like I said, man, same old guys filling cards everywhere. You know, now I'm, I'm lucky to be able to run a weekly show and have basically fucking pick up the litter, you know, basically pick, just going around and trying to pick the absolute best that we can um, they're kind of showcasing this area, you know, um, whereas a few, maybe five years ago, fuck the, no way, man, that's not a possibility. Um, just using guys in the South, South Texas area, you know, not even going into different areas like Houston and Austin or Dallas and, you know, the, the West Texas and stuff like that. 
it's just like, hey, we want to use guys in the Austin, San Antonio, Laredo area, South Texas. It's a little easier for travel and COVID restrictions right now. But it's, it's you know, five years ago, that's not a possibility. Running a weekly show um, and keeping it fresh with new talent, not even close. I mean, you'd have the same four or five decent hands. Now, like I said, man, I'm, I've, I've got a good problem where it's like, fuck, how many? I've got 30 really good wrestlers to feature, you know. Um, can only feature so many. Yeah. We were talking a little bit about that before uh, we got on here where it's like, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches here in Texas at this point in time, because it's like, you know, I could book a car with nine matches and there's still, you know, 10 to 20 guys that I can't even get on the card. Cause it's like, even though they deserve to be on the card, they're just as good as anybody that we have on that card or whatever the case may be. But, you know, just for the sake of the, that actual night of wrestling, like you can't just book 20 matches on in a night. Yeah. The fans just blow up, you know what I'm saying? But well, I uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> now maybe tempo taught me something brother wow wow brother <laughs> but yeah i mean I, I feel like it's cool because it almost feels like when i get those shows together it kind of feels like an all-star game when you have you know guys like larger than life from the dallas area mercer and scotty from san antonio who are awesome uh you know uh, carla's from uh see, roxy's from uh laredo you know, you've got Gino and Q and Brian Keith from Houston, Texas. You got Prince Adam and T Ray from Austin, Texas. You know what I'm saying? It's like you've got like an all star game and a lot of, you know, a lot of just amazing talent. But like, you know, there's still guys that I would love to get on the card that I, and now it's just sometimes you get like heat because you can't bring everybody on the card all the time. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think when you have, uh, and it feels like a lot of promoters have good intentions, I think nowadays as far as like, well, you know, I'm just here to get myself over, brother, and you know, I'm gonna put the belt on me, brother. And, uh, you can come in and exactly, uh, you know, yeah. put me over in 15, 20 minutes, brother. And you know, it's it's a different ball ball game nowadays, and I think that everyone kind of realizes it. And that uh, it feels like a, a, the, as far as the promotions are concerned, you can either get with it or you're gonna get left behind. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us are getting on board together uh, to build a better product for Texas, not just for you know, it's not about our company anymore. It's not about like oh, we're the only company that can run in this area. And if you run in our area, then you can go fuck yourself kind of thing. It's like, look, I mean, if, if it helps the boys, if it helps the, the territory, then like, let's figure it out and let's make it work for everybody. And I think that's, you know, it's something that I try, I'm trying to do, um, you know, just speaking to different promoters and things like that is just like, let's just make it the best for everybody we can and let's figure this out. Because like I said, if the, if the if everyone starts working together, then we're going to, everybody's going to ra- elevate it's all about being elevated. Everyone's going to get elevated to a certain level and we're all going to look great. And I think that there's a lot of, com- there's a lot of other people from other parts of the, the country that talk to me about how cool it is to see a lot of our companies work together because they're not used to that in their own territory because they're not mm-hmm. used to the companies are just at each other's throats. And that's just not what we're about. And, and not most of the prominent wrestling promotions are not about that. They, they know what the deal is. And like I said, it's just a different thing. So animals though, right? Evie's just running around terrorizing people. So <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I mean it, it rolls me into my into my next question is like how, how good does it feel, especially for y'all, for for us, I say us as in like the whole state and all the wrestlers in it, to to be recognized on a national level for for companies to want to come in here and run shows with us, for you to be going to Tampa to run a show there. Like that's some fucking cool shit. And you know, that wasn't happening four or three years ago. I don't know. You know, I wasn't here for a little bit, so I missed kind of that whole little, you know, couple years there. But I'm I'm here now, and I see all this stuff, and it's quite amazing. 
Um, how's that feel for y'all? Like that's, you know, it's of course it's recognition for your hard work, but it sure goes a little deeper than that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean uh, for me, it's yeah, just, it, sorry, go ahead, keep going. No, go ahead, Dunbar. Oh shit, man! For me, it's just honestly, it's a lot of uh, it, it's it's the culmination of what we've been working for, man. I know me and Keith have talked about it a lot in like group chats and shit, but it's like you know, it's one of those things. That, like, man, for the longest time, and Jackson, you hit on it, man. Like, you weren't here for a while, man. Um, a lot of guys, man, in Texas felt that need in order to elevate their game. They had to leave Texas. Got to get out of here, you know. Um, that was the narrative when we broke in, when I broke in, when you broke in, when Kiefer broke in, you know. Um, it was like, if you want to make anything of yourself, you got to get out of Texas. It's a black hole. That was what I had always heard. And it was so, like, disheartening to me. And I was like, shit, man, like, we got this big old state. We got great fans. We can fill houses. But you're telling me, like, it's a black hole? Like, mm-hmm. everyone's got to move to, like, fucking to the East Coast or St. Louis or some shit like that. Like, why? Like, why can't we just make this area hot? Why can't we force these people to have to move down here? Why can't we force these indie companies to see how hot this area is? Why can't we do that? Why can't we force these people to come over here? Um, and I think, you know, it's just we, we tried our best to kind of constantly keep almost that as the mission statement of like, man, it doesn't matter like what company it is, what initials are uh, at the end of the day. It does not matter as long as it's 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 the state of Texas, you know. Um, so to be able to see that finally pop, man, it's it's to me, the most important thing I've done in my career. Um, and yeah, it's up there, man. It's, it's, it's everything I've worked for, you know? So to be able to be contacted by like national companies, like an ICW to be like, Hey, we see what's happening in Texas. We want in that shit. How can we bring, how can we make this happen? And like, fuck man, for me. And I'm not saying that I'm like holding the keys to fucking Texas or anything like that. But to be <laughs> a guy that like, is people are hitting up to be like, hey, how can we do things in Texas? It's fucking neat for me. It's awesome. Um, it's not a position I ever thought I'd really be in, especially with like heavy metal. Um, I was kind of just looking at, you know, state of Texas. Now it's kind of starting to get, oh, it's a snowball effect, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's everything in Texas is is starting to pop. And it's like, like kind of like Keeper said, you know, it's uh, I've always said it's like, you know, the rising tide raises all our ships, man. And it's all we're about. Yeah, I wish that was a, was a theme for, for every single promoter in indie wrestling, right? But it's, Yeah, you know. I mean, it's, it's a lot of, like I said, the, the game is changing. And like, like Dunbar said, it's something that we've talked about for a long time as far as we want Texas to be the place to be. You know, the when we came in, it was, you know, the East Coast. Oh, you got to get to the East Coast if you want to make it in this business kind of thing or whatever. That's where the independent, you know, come, that's where you can become an independent star. And, um, you know, it it's not like one of those things that just happens overnight. I mean, there's been a lot of groundwork that's kind of been laid down by a lot of, you know, different companies, including Dunbar and, and, and Jeff at Sabotage. And I mean, there's a ton of companies in Texas, the uh, MPX, v, uh, VIP, Roe. I mean, a lot of guys have been grinding in different parts of the, the state and things like that. And, uh, you know, the thing that is like, it's almost like, uh, like we're sitting on a box of gold here in Texas because, these guys, a lot of the guys that, you know, are starting to t- kind of make waves have been working for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are ready. They've been ready for like three years yeah. to, to get to, to get it. You know what I'm saying? So like when the, now that the, the attention of the, a lot of the country is kind of shifting to Texas and seeing what we're doing, it's like we've got so many guys who are just ready. They're like you could put them on AEW today or wherever, GCW, WWE, whatever, today. 
and they'll be good to go. Like they'll be ready to rock. Like it's, it, it, and to have that much talent down here, and because people just really haven't been looking at it for maybe you know five years ago uh, when these guys were really coming up, or three years ago when they were really like ready to go. Um, like I said, it was like when well, now it's like okay, like I'm I'm happy that a lot of attention is coming to Texas, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, who is this guy? Who is Ruben Steele? Who is Brian Keith? Who is Mysterious Q? Because these guys have been ready for years, and now they're like everything's just clicking for them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As a promoter, you just kind of like set them up in a good position, just let them do their thing. It's not even one of those things where I don't have to tell, I don't have to go tell how to Q how to do a 20 minute main event match, or I don't have to tell. Yeah, I'm sure Dunbar doesn't tell Ruben how to do a fucking death match. He just <laughs> goes no, and man. <laughs> but you you know what I'm saying? He's like, and you got these guys who are ready to rock with anybody. You can bring anybody in the country right now or anybody in the world and, and put them in there with those guys. And they're ready to fucking go. And they're ready to, I guess, gonna, you'd be like, oh, man, this guy's on the same level as this other guy that's coming in. So I think that's really cool, too. Like I said, it's a lot It's a lot of that mentality that's been happening for a few years now. And you can, kind of, like I said, it's something that groundwork was laid a while ago, and now you're starting to see that attention that uh, we've been kind of working for kind of happening. And that's really cool. Now, like, my goal moving forward, man, honestly, is, like, now that, you know, people are starting to discover, like, fucking the Ruben Steels and the BKs and the Qs that we've always been talking about. Now it's just like, I, I kind of, not in a bad way, but I'm almost kind of bitter about it in a way. It's just kind of like, yeah, we've been yeah. fucking telling you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you guys are late to the party. We've been telling you these guys are great. So now it's just kind of like, okay, I want to, I want to take that to the next level. Like, I don't want these guys that are not necessarily past their primes, but shit, they were good to go two, three years ago. And now they've kind of had to sit on the shelf and kind of just wait for the right time. It's like, hey, now the goal is to get these guys right when they're ready to pop and get them ready to go uh, on like a national level. To me, that's like the next step in the evolution of what we do um, is now making sure like these guys are getting there is when the time is right and not when it's just maybe just a hair past when they should have gotten their flowers. You know, um, that's to me the way I look at things now moving forward. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm fucking fan. I'm over the moon that Ruben and BK and Q were popping and stuff like that. But shit, man, those guys have been so good for so long. It should not have taken a decade for people to notice their talent. Um, it should have taken, you know, five years, four years, three years in that area for people to go like, hey, this guy's great, like everybody else in the area saw. Um, but, you know, shit, man, it's just going to come with a lot more hard work and putting people on notice more and more. Um, and I think that's what, you know, Kiefer and I are both on the on the same page with. It's just we're going to keep fucking giving these badass matches until until you notice us. And then you notice us, and we're gonna keep doing more badass matches. Um, that's 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 kind of what I think what we're built on, <laughs> both mm-hmm. of us, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, like because like you know, three or four years ago, like our the wrestling that was happening here wasn't being seen by anyone else because it wasn't being streamed on any sort of platform. I know streaming services and like IWTV is all fairly new to like the wrestling culture, uh, especially on an indie level, but like getting on IWTV, right? That's where all indie wrestling fans go to watch it. And they watch it religiously and they comment and they tweet about it. And that's really how you gain traction. And so both your shows being on that platform, you know, is 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 how it's going. And like, it's not going to just, you're not going to put one show on. They're going to see one match from a guy and be like, all right, he's the best wrestler in the world. Put him on every cool place, right? Like you're saying, right? It takes consistent shows that you're running and putting on these platforms that people are seeing and then because there's good there's good wrestlers all over the country that are overlooked, right? Not just here, right? But that goes to like the consistent effort of putting out those matches and that content and reaching out to people and
Oh, do we lose Jackson? Uh-oh. <laughs> we lost Jackson, Don't. I think. Uh, yeah, well, we're just going to carry this podcast now moving forward. <laughs> I don't think it's recording. Is it still recording? This is, uh, Dunbar Talks, everybody. Oh, oh, you guys didn't hear what I said? No, we're, no, you cut out. We're putting we ourselves said, over. Damn. <laughs> Damn. It always goes out when I feel like I'm saying something that I feel like oh, I hit my stride yeah. on, you know? Um, what did you guys last hear? Because I was about to t- I talked about you guys, but then you oh, then you froze. So. The last thing I heard was Dunbar Talks, everybody. I think that's what we've changed the title. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you just you take it away then. You take it away. Dunbar talks, everybody. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but I'm saying like, I mean, it's your it's your guys' work that gets us on IWTV, right? And so as wrestlers, we don't see that. Uh, we don't see the work that you're doing behind the scenes, right? We don't know how many conversations you're having. I think we froze again. <laughs> we can hear you, though. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so basically my end point was just saying like, thank you for that, like, Thank you for making it more than just about you or your promotion. Um, you're making it about all of us, and that's that's really important. Uh, and it's showing off, right? It's paying off. Like people are getting big time bookings. You're putting money in people's pockets. Like that's cool shit. Yeah, man. IWTV was a company I saw come on the come up, and um, we had, like I said, we had a couple offers from a couple other distrib- distribution companies, and I just I saw like how much work that IWD if they're they're promoting just as hard as like we promote or they're, you know, at that level of like, we want our shit to be successful as much as, you know, I'm putting my work in as well. You want to, I mean, I was just like, I, this is the, I sent, I think I sent one email, didn't hear anything back from him, sent another email to him. And a few months later, then I, I had heard something back from him. And then that's when we got things done. But that was one of the things where that was the company that I was for. Like I, I saw it on the come up. I saw how much work they put into it. I saw how really easy the interface was and how much, how much they had of a share of the independent wrestling world. And, and like I said, it was the one, it was the one company that I wanted new Texas pro to be on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had asked, you know, I talked Dunbar and Josh at heavy metal have I put on have so much content uh, that they cast on their Twitch channel and they were doing well on their Twitch channel where they would air the thunder and they'd have 40, 50, sometimes even hundred people watching their, their streams on a, on a weekly basis. Um, which is just really hard to do on and in any level, but like it's it, it, you know, and, and the fact that they were like, Yeah, let's let's we see what they're doing too, and we want to start putting some product on there as well. It, it, it's one of those things where you know, it, I think it's just for the best for that Texas wrestling to have two really strong companies be a good representation for uh what we have going here, and, and I and I think that uh it's been vital to the success of what we've been doing on or doing lately, I think. Hell yeah. Um, uh, what would you say to uh, a young wrestler trying to get booked on either of your shows? Like, what would what would be your advice? As Bro, to- I, had, I had a sit-down conversation with a young wrestler two days ago yep. at a show that we ran that he was just trying to get on. And uh-huh. dude, the one thing that we look for in Heavy Metal Man is, honestly, I just come with a chip on your shoulder. In the best way possible, man. Like, come with something to prove, with some fire in your belly, um, and and you're going to stand out for us, man. That's what I look for. People that really want this shit. People that live and breathe wrestling, that they just, they, 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 they're consumed by it, man. Um, that's what I'm looking for, man. Uh, that's that's what we look for, heavy metal. Um, and I can usually, we, we're pretty good, solid judge of character. 
based off of a conversation with you or based how you carry yourself, I guess you could say in a show and, you know, mm-hmm. what, how you approach us and shit like that. But in all honesty, man, it's just one of those things. It's just like, I, I'm looking for people that have something to prove, man. Maybe someone that has been a little overlooked or someone that, you know, maybe uh, they're, they're out to prove something to themselves or to somebody else. But that's what I look for, man. Um, the people that are people that are hungry. That's what I want. That's what we crave. Um, it doesn't matter if you're fucking 10 years into the business or you're, you know, 10 months into the business, you know, for me, it's just someone that's, you know, that's willing to work hard every fucking show uh, and um, just show off the best way they can. Love that. I think keep it up, uh, for me, it's, <clears throat> I, I would say Dunbar does a great job of this as well, but he just keeps an eye on uh, the scene, the Texas scene as well. Uh, you know, I look for guys who have positive attitudes and they and they work hard and they're hungry, right? Like, and, and you just, it's not always the right time sometimes whenever, you know, people reach out or whatever the case may be, but doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention or not seeing what they're doing. And I think that if you, tr- you know, if you keep a good attitude and you work hard, um, you know, eventually the time's going to meet up and we're going to be able to do something. And I think that a lot of wrestlers kind of get, um, they get down on themselves or whatever, because things just aren't breaking the way they want them to at a certain rate or whatever the case may be. But it, like, if you just work, if you just put the time in and you keep a good attitude and we see you, you know, doing this here, doing that there, uh, you know, people, you know, they'll send me matches and I'll try to do my best to just watch them and, and try to give my honest feedback and things like that. Um, and you just, you know, like, like I said, the time will eventually line up to where if you're working hard and you keep a good attitude and you're hungry that we're going to be able to do something um, on one of our shows and, and that's what i would say to anybody who's trying to get booked with us just just keep at it don't don't get frustrated don't get too down on yourself whenever things just aren't breaking the way that you want them to yeah hey you just gotta keep going that's the name of the game keep on keeping on man yeah <clears throat> okay i have a uh, i don't know if this this might be a hard question or a challenging question um but i'm gonna ask it because it's important um so we went through a lot. We went through a lot as indie wrestling as a whole in, in 2020. And one of those things we went through was the speaking out movement, right? And as you guys who run shows, um, we I think we lost a lot of uh, trust in the fans' eyes. Right. Um, and they're obviously the most important part of what we do, right? We're not, we want, we need them. Nothing else is going to happen without them. Um, and we also want to keep the, the people that we bring on the show safe. Um, and so... What kind of uh, things are you guys trying to do on your show to try to implement some change to uh, to safeguard, you know, the the wrestlers and the fans as well, and try to create some new practices um, for us as a whole for indie wrestling? Um, you know, I think uh, policing the locker room is something that I'm not like I was unfamiliar or I'm not unfamiliar with because at reality wrestling is something that me and JJ Blake would would do is we, we keep a, we would keep an open door policy. And there was guys that we kicked out of that locker room because even bef- way before the speaking out movement that were doing those things and, and, you know, harassing these w- the women in the locker room or whatever the case may be. And it's something that I carried with me to new Texas where it's like, you know, I, I don't want scumbags in my locker room. I just don't, I don't care how good you are. I don't want you in my locker room. If one of our female talents come up to me and says, that, you know, you did this or you did that. I'm, we're going to get to the bottom of it. We're going to figure out what the fuck's happening. Um, it's been that way since day one. Um, and, you know, like I said, I don't want scumbags in my locker room. I don't care how good you are. You're not welcome. 
I, you're not welcome even if you aren't on the show. I don't care. And uh, it's just one of those things where um, just keeping an open communication with with the female uh, talent or just the talent in general, because, you know, anybody can be technically harassed. Um, it just has just been important to me from day one. Uh, and I've, I've tried to do my best to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's always been uh, a big thing for us, man. I mean, Kiefer said it perfectly. It doesn't matter who you are how talented you are, who you may know, who you may be. Um, you know, we've basically, uh, Heavy Metal has set a, I guess you could say, expectations uh, for what we expect from people that we use on our shows. Um, I mean, you know, dating back to when we, you know, we, we pulled out a bookage with like Tessa Blanchard and stuff like that, you know. Um, we're, we're no stranger to basically setting what we expect in our locker room. Um, and, and it goes without saying, you know, that, you know, if, if we have people that are making anybody feel uncomfortable, we're going to address this immediately. Um, you know, since the speaking out movement, you know, it's been, honestly, I, I feel like a lot of outsiders for us um, with heavy metal, it, it almost starts off on thin ice now where not in a bad way of just like, now I'm doing more of like a character references on people or like mm -hmm. uh, just looking more into who these people could be instead of like getting, you know, Hey, this is a good resume. Hey, this is a nice highlight reel. That was a good match you sent. Let's make this happen. Now it's just kind of like, okay, shit, where have you come from? I'll see if I know somebody in that area. Hey, buddy, have you ever heard of this person? You know who he is? Yada yada yada. Um, I that, that's that's kind of what we have done now. It's just a little more in depth kind of character references, I guess you could say almost of just hey, these are trusted people I have in this area or in this territory or this location that I know. Um, I can kind of take their words. Um, you know, at at at. I, I can trust these people, I guess I could say. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's really looking more into people and making sure that there's someone that we want that is in line with what we expect from our talent. You know, um, mm -hmm. I had a conversation with a fan, like during the speaking out movement and even post. Uh, and the thing that I took away from it was like the fan was so hurt by wrestling that they were walking away uh, mainly because it was a situation of like, man, I, I've unknowingly supported an abuser for like five years. I've given them X amount of money. I am now hesitant to do that again. And it kind of ruins it for, for everybody else because now like you lose that fan for good. You lose that, 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 that support obviously. And it's just, it's, it, it, it's not good, man. When your fans can't trust you, when mm -hmm. your fans can't trust the, the, people that they have looked up to and kind of supported and as figures in the area, it's awful, you know? So we try, we obviously we, we are doing our best to make sure that, you know, our locker room is as comfortable for everybody as possible. Um, and, you know, we've taken some cues from like party world wrestling in, in Austin, man. Um, they had like some support lines that were like set up for uh, anonymous information. If you felt like, you, you know, it was something that you didn't want to come forward with. Um, and you felt like, you know, something at a show that necessarily um, you didn't vibe well with and you could kind of, you know, easily hit up this anonymous line to um, basically start almost an investigation internally with the heavy metal. It was um, something that I think is important moving forward is just having full transparency with everybody. You know, mm -hmm. um, there's no more black curtain that kind of separates the fans from, you know, the locker room um, that, that I feel like, you know, with fans, with how much we ask them to support us, with how much, you know, they ask you to buy tickets and, you know, you know, there's fans that contribute to GoFundMe's and they buy merchandise, they buy this and they buy that and everything in between. And it, it just be, kind of becomes one of those things like these people deserve to know um, where their money is going, who they are supporting. 
um, and, you know, what that person stands for. Yeah. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, we have to gain their trust back. It's our job to do so. We have to work very hard to do it. Um, and then with the fans and between us and the back, we have to have open and honest communication. Um, and we just have to look out for one in, one another and, you know, be there for one another and have support and, uh, and be willing to really take action on the things that we tweet out because anyone can post a tweet, a tweet about this is our code of conduct. This is how we act. Right. But really it goes into your behavior and that's where really we have to stand by that stuff. And, uh, and I'm happy uh, to know you guys and, and to be in your locker rooms and to know that we're doing that stuff uh, for sure. We are doing it. We've been doing it. And so um, hopefully any fan that's listening to this, um, you can trust us in these shows. Um, and so I believe in it. And I, I think my word is, is, you know, have some weight, carry some weight, but that's, is what it is. Um, cool. Okay. So I got one last question. This, uh, this, this one actually might be the hardest question. Cause I'm going to ask you guys, each of you have to pick three guys that you just really want people to know, uh, only three. And I'm sure a lot of the people that we know are going to watch this show <laughs> and, and I'm going to, I'm going to tag all of the ones that you didn't say. So they also retweet this episode. So it gets more views. Um, I've already got my answer here for you, Jackson, the three ooh. people you need to watch more of. Yeah. Dylan Dunbar, Kiefer Bartek, and Jackson Stone. <laughs> We're over on Twitter, brother. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 live with that. I'll put myself over it and not risk pissing anybody off. That's <laughs> cool. Look, to yeah, but you, in all honesty, it's there's there's so many guys, man, in the state of Texas, guys and girls that deserve to be seen. Um, you know, it it my answer has changed, man. It used to always be, bro. People need to see who the fuck Ruben Steele is. Now people know who the fuck Ruben Steele is. Now I'm back to the drawing board. I still think people need to know who great Scott is. People need yeah. to know who Mercer is. And, um, you know, recently for us, man, people need to know who, like, Prince Adam is. Um, there's so many guys, man. Joe DeMero, Johnny Bedlam. I, dude, I could – bro, I could do a whole other podcast putting all these guys over, man. Um, yeah, so at risk of uh, pissing anybody off, I'll just put myself over, Kiefer, and you over. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I figured this was going to go. It was just going to – we were just going to say a bunch of names. Uh, <laughs> well, I'd love to say this person, this person, this person, but also this person, but also this is my three right here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but basically my point in this question was being like there's just so much, right? There's so much. We have so much. Like I wrestled Chocolate Poppy at a heavy metal show, like I don't know, and – I, I mean, I don't like saying this, but I didn't know who he was. Like, I'm not supposed to know everyone. That's be really weird if I knew everyone. But he was a fucking rock star. and Phenomenal. And it, it, a guy yeah. that just randomly moves from California to San Antonio and was a product of, like, the NorCal scene and now just kind of making his way down here. And it's just kind of like no one knows who he is. I find, dude, he's phenomenal. I love him. So good. Great, you know, and there's there's so many hidden gems like that that we have here in Texas where it's just kind of like, who is this person? I've never heard of them. Holy shit, they're so entertaining. You know what I mean? Like, it, there, there's so many. It's amazing. It's really cool. I, I'll give I, I'll give a few names that we haven't talked about. T Ray is another guy who How is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Larger Than Life, Remington and Becker. I, damn, they're so fucking good. I. God, they're so good. Mm -hmm. you know? Dude, and, uh, Jay Serious to me, the yeah, best wrestler in the state Jay, of Texas. Yeah. You know, like, and we're 
and I'm throwing him in here at what, like number 10, basically on yeah. this list, you know, like there's, it's so deep here in Texas now. It's just, it's, it's, it, it feels like every day I'm every other week or every so often, man, I'm stumbling across someone and I'm just like, God, man, this guy's got, the, he's got the goods, man. He looks, he's got everything we're looking for. And now I have to add him to a roster of already 40 fucking guys that are so good. And now it's just kind of like, I, I, I have, it's, it's almost like we have, it's too much of a good thing almost down here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's going to start, uh, I, I hope um, now we're going to start seeing, you know, these guys starting getting opportunities elsewhere, man, because now we kind of, we're almost in a situation where again, I, it's almost my worst nightmare where we need to get guys out of Texas uh, again, but only because there's so much talent here. Um, there's only so many spots, you know? So now it's gotta be a situation where before, you know, I was lamenting people having to leave Texas to go to St. Louis, but now it's almost like, all right, man, get the fuck out of here. We need, we need talent. We need spots for these guys coming up. And uh, now it's time for you to go fly elsewhere. Um, but yeah, man, there's, it's, it's so deep here. Yeah, it is. I'll just throw, I'll just throw Ryan Davidson's name in there because he's, He's one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet and favorite people. So, but that's about it. You guys have any, um, we won't go anymore because we'll just like keep randomly saying names that pop into our head. Uh, so, and then we'll just be here for another hour just like saying names and like actual no content will be discussed. Yeah. <laughs> we can. Um, Maybe that's for part two. No. <laughs> part two, we'll just, we'll just say names for an hour. Yeah, that's yeah. part two. We'll yeah. Association <laughs> and we'll just go through the whole Texas, you know, roster. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah. You guys have any uh, any closing thoughts, comments, anything you want to share? Oh man, fucking check us out both out on IWTV. Um, I mean, we're all of our contents up there, man. We're doing some fun stuff right now with Heavy Metal in the Grand Prix. I know New Texas has got new content up all the time. Um, they've got some banger shows coming up, man, uh, that are dropping here soon. And um, I mean, honestly, man, it's just right now with uh, the way the pandemic is. I think right now, uh, you know supporting heavy metal in new texas through iwtv is the best way of uh helping us out and keeping the scene alive right now yeah man iwtv we have astral world premiering on thursday which was an awesome show last night uh thursday march the 4th uh so if this airs after that uh you know it's on there mm-hmm. uh the grand prix we've got a few more matches to film jackson <laughs> yeah <laughs> Once we get those filmed, I've already talked to Dylan. We're going to just release them all at one time. Cool. Uh, small episodes or whatever the case may be. And uh, like I said, once we get those matches filmed, we'll put it all up there. And then, you know, the Grand Prix has been a, a <laughs> its own, you know, like uh, experience of trying monster. to and, and record everything. <laughs> but uh, like I said, we got those few matches. We'll take care of those and then we'll put it all up on IWTV and it should all be coming together where we'll have the finals. Some sometime in the next few months or something like that, and and get to finally uh, you know have that uh, you know the winner of the, the San Antonio block versus the winner of the Dallas block, and we'll have a badass show whatever wherever that's going to be. So, fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so this this uh, this episode is awesome. Thank you guys for doing this for sure. Um, all about Texas independent professional wrestling. If you didn't know anything about it before, you definitely do now. Um, I encourage you to go look into it deeper. Um, and enjoy everything we have to offer. And uh, if you like this episode, also share it with a friend. That'd be super cool. Um, and then subscribe or comment or just like keep watching it. That's also really cool. Um, but thanks for watching and uh, everyone take good care. Peace.